Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The example has done this. But, oh, Tamar, if not for my sake, if not for your sake... At least for that of your estimable sister, who is so devoted to you, abstain from such deeds in future. He then embraced her and issued from the house. In the meantime, Esther de Medina had succeeded in persuading her father to advance the money, advance to her the means wherewith to liquidate the amount of the value at which the jewels were estimated. But in giving the sum required, Mr. de Medina said sternly, Esther, it is to you only that I concede this favour, and not for the sake of her who was once my daughter, and whom the infamy this day brought to light has estranged more remotely than ever from my heart. He then retired to another room, as was his wont when he wished to avoid an unpleasant topic. Moreover, he thought that his daughter had suffered enough that day to render any further reproach on his part unnecessary, indeed cruel, and he knew that where the subject of conversation persisted in, he should not be able to restrain his ire. The reader has already seen how Esther de Medina called upon the diamond merchant and paid him the sum of six hundred pounds, the amount at which he valued his jewels. He offered her a receipt, but she declined to take it, for she thought that as she was settling the affair from motives purely honourable and through regard towards another, it would appear as if she were really interested personally in the transaction, were she to reduce it to a mere matter of business. Not that she meditated a revelation of the fact that she had a sister so like herself, that when seen apart they might well be taken for each other, and that this sister was the real culprit. Oh no, she would not, even if she had dared, admit that her father had another daughter. And if she lingered, as if anxious to say something more, "'Twas merely because her feelings of natural pride "'prompted her to exclaim, "'Oh, sir, believe that I am innocent of this dreadful charge.' "'But a second thought convinced her "'that such a declaration would not be credited "'unless supported by a feasible explanation, "'and she abruptly quitted the house, "'bearing the stigma in Mr. Gordon's eyes "'of having committed a deed of which she was utterly guiltless.' Scarcely had Esther quitted the diamond merchant's dwelling when Tom Rain called to restore the diamonds, and great was his surprise upon learning that Miss de Medina herself had called and paid the six hundred pounds at which they were valued. He, however, left the diamonds with the certainty that Esther would hear of their restoration either from Mr. Gordon himself or direct from Tamar. 
Rainford then returned to South Moulton Street, where he found Tamar in a very excited state. The occurrences of the day had made a profound and most painful impression upon her mind. The indignity offered to her sister, the certain indignation of her father, the upbraidings of Rainford, who had never spoken to her so severely before, and the bitter regrets which she experienced when she contemplated her conduct. All these circumstances had combined to madden her. Thinking that Rainford was absent longer than the business on which he had set out seemed to warrant, she was filled with the most fearful misgivings. At one moment she fancied that, in disgust at her behaviour, he had abandoned her for ever. Then she imagined that he must have been arrested as the possessor of the stolen diamonds. Her mind was agitated like the ocean in a storm. She went out in a fit of desperation and purchased some arsenic at a chemist's shop. She returned. Rainford had not yet arrived. She sat down and tried to wrestle with her maddening thoughts, but an invincible idea of suicide dominated them all. She struggled, oh, she struggled bravely against that terrible sentiment, and at length Rainford came back. He exerted himself to calm her, said all he could to tranquillise her mind. He declared that he forgave her from the bottom of his heart, and lavished every token of tenderness upon her. She endeavoured to triumph over the fearful excitement under which she was labouring, but all she could do was to appear calm. Two or three hours passed away, and Rainford hoped she was recovering her equanimity. But a species of delirium suddenly seized upon her. She rushed to the bedroom, and before Rainford even knew her intention, she swallowed the poison. By the time he had followed her into the room, alarmed at the precipitate speed at which she had hurried thither, the deed was accomplished, and the paper which he picked up, as she threw herself frantically at his feet, explained to him the whole truth. Not a moment was to be lost. Entrusting Tamar to the care of the servant-girl, Rainford rushed from the house, and as a hackney-coach was fortunately passing at the moment, he leapt into it, desiring the driver to take him to the nearest physician of eminence. The name of Dr. Lascelles was best known to the honest Jarvie, and to Grafton Street did the vehicle accordingly proceed. The physician accompanied Rainford to South Moulton Street, and Tamar was saved. But ere Lascelles took his departure, the highwayman had resolved on adopting some plan to prevent any disagreeable consequences occurring in respect to Esther de Medina, on account of this attempted suicide on the part of Tamar. For Rainford naturally reflected that as the physician was constantly moving in society, and must necessarily have an immense circle of acquaintance, it was more than probable that he might, sooner or later, encounter Esther, whom he would mistake for the sister, his real patient. Hence the solemn promise which Rainford exacted from the cell, that when once his professional visits had ceased in South Moulton Street, he would forget that he had ever beholden Tamar, and that should he ever meet her alone or in company, he would not even appear to recognise her, much less attempt to speak to her, unless formally introduced, when he would consider his acquaintance with her to be commenced only from the moment of such introduction. On the ensuing morning at seven o'clock, Rainford and Tamar took their departure from South Moulton Street, and repaired to Locks Fields, where the highwayman had already engaged lodgings previously to the affair of the diamonds, 
as he was anxious for many obvious reasons to dwell in a spot as secluded and retired as possible tamar then wrote a long and pathetic letter to her sister imploring her forgiveness for the indignity which she had undergone on account of one so worthless as herself and requesting her to address all future letters to her until further notice in this manner t r number five brandon street locksfields on the same day that rainford and tamar thus removed to the vicinity of the elephant and castle tavern mr gordon called upon esther de medina in great ormond street esther was much embarrassed when the diamond merchant was announced for she feared that if her father were at home he would naturally hasten to the drawing-room to learn the object of this call and a renewal of many painful reflections as well as of much unpleasant observation would follow it was therefore with a feeling of pleasure that esther found upon inquiry of the servants that mr de medina had gone out a few minutes previous to mr gordon's arrival when the diamond merchant mentioned the particulars of the visit which he had received from the light-haired gentleman esther instantly comprehended that the individual alluded to must be rainford for though she had never seen him to her knowledge yet she had heard a few details relative to his personal appearance three years previously at liverpool mr gordon acquainted her with the restoration of the diamonds and her countenance suddenly assumed an expression of joy because she could not help recognising a certain evidence of good principle and of kind feeling towards herself in the fact of such restoration two days afterwards tamar and esther again met and the younger sister breathed the most tender expressions of forgiveness in the ear of her whom though so guilty she loved so tenderly on the following evening they met for the third time and then esther used all her powers of persuasion to induce tamar to accompany her home to throw herself at the feet of their father and implore his forgiveness but tamar answered in a firm tone